Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from Marketing Minds at doyouconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today, as always, is the ad doctor, Andrew P. We're here. This is episode 95.5. That sounds like a radio <laughs> so much. That's fun. I, next week, we'll be point seven. And Becca is also with us this week. What Hi. a fun time. <laughs> this yes. is social time. Yes. We're all quarantined. This is social time. It's great. Actually, we're yeah, not all I quarantined. It, <laughs> well, smart. no. Like, which is so bizarre. Thankfully, um, everyone is, is healthy. Yes, uh, you convert and and extended families, but mm-hmm. I do f- think it's interesting that I I said before how Zoom calls. I'm just like you know when people let's hang out tonight on a Zoom call and I'm like, like yeah eh, I'm good no I'm I'm good. Podcasting is a different thing. <laughs> uh, I will do this all the time whenever wherever. It's yeah. much more conversational. I don't know what it yeah Zoom. Like, I don't have to look at you the whole time, right? And this true. is maybe the difference. Yeah. For those of you who saw Steve Passanelli and Mike Lyon on the webinar that they did on Monday, March 30th. Yeah. Yeah. That March sounds 30th. about right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they had just over 2,000 people attend live That's on crazy. the call, it which sure is crazy. Is. But when you listen to all the list of recommendations about, you know, you've got to put the person you're looking at, put their little screen as close to your webcam as possible, stare at the camera you know, make sure you're smiling. You don't have resting, you know, what face and just <laughs> all the things that you have to do, which as someone who's been doing it for over five years at do you convert for many, many hours a day, like it is exhausting to do that well yeah. for a long period of time. And maybe I should just get over it and with my friends be totally okay looking off at the corner of the room while we're talking, but I'm not, I just can't, I can't get that professional, like this is how I have to act on camera. I think it's more draining than in-person conversations. And I'm on like 10% of the amount of face-to-face calls that, that Kevin's on. To me, it's more draining mentally, emotionally, whatever energy-wise than interacting in person. Not that that is an option right now or with how we work with our builders anyways, but it's effort. Yeah. I think it makes you more self-aware because you have the camera showing what you look like to the people on the other side. So Mm -hmm. like when you're talking normally, like even on the podcast here, we can talk and we're just kind of like, well, we're by ourselves and who cares if we, you know, are staring off into space. Half the time my eyes are closed. Yeah. I I look out the window, (laughs) usually at the fence. (laughs) I talk with my hands a lot, so you can't see that. (laughs) We need to see that. We. One day we'll do like a 10 minute episode where it's like video or something. Otherwise, yeah, that's as, that's as much time as we need. I just think I, I agree with you, Becca. There's something where as someone who has ADD like me, you know, when someone's yeah. in front of you, it's harder to not not ignore them, but just to even not give them a certain amount of attention. Yeah. And you're right, Andrew. To me, the energy comes from, I think, having to constantly remind myself, keep staring at the camera. Yes. You can't look away. You can't, mm-hmm. you know. You have to give your 100% full attention. In fact, ironically, a lot of kids would probably prefer if their parents interacted with them over a web conference (laughs) because you're like, hey, dad, can I get your attention? Or mom, 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 right? All that. Yeah, Yeah. perfect. If you're on a webcam, they know like my kids when they were in their twos and threes would be like, 
I want to see your eyes. <laughs> like, did we teach you this? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's, uh, uh-huh. Little parrots. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. yep. Anyway, let's hop into story time. And we are going to try to keep the story times quasi non-virus related because there's enough of that in other episodes and other yeah. things. Oh, but for sure. I think this thing that I'm going to talk about as my story piece has been accelerated by the current conditions, but not directly related to it. And it's something that's been happening uh, certainly more and more often, but it's been happening for a long time too. And that is where, whether it's over email, in social media land somewhere, sometimes it's even via a text message where I get something that essentially says, hey, Kevin, can you tell me or my home building company how to do X, Y, and Z from beginning to end in a quick email or a text message? Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> get a quick email. No big deal. You know, it's like, hey, we're thinking about doing online sales. Can you tell us everything we need to consider before jumping into this oh, wow. endeavor? That's or, a big question. Oh, you know, it's a loaded question. Well, it could be. You kind of feel like it's almost a trap or like a quicksand that someone, like, what's he going to say to this? But I mean, we see it all the time where someone will post online some form of, we're thinking about redoing all of our follow-up, virtual and, and otherwise, for, for on-site sales, online sales, whatever. We're going to re- totally retool something Who's willing to share everything they have so that we can reverse engineer it or copy oh. it? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And that's still where I, you know, when, when we get those kind of questions, those are pretty much the only ones that we can't really respond to because we don't know how to respond to it. If you think that there is just an, an A plus B equals C formula that's going to apply to everyone across the board or even, so again, we're seeing more of this, but I just think it's, it, it comes back to me asking some different questions. So here's, Story time, I guess, is diving deeper into Kevin's brain is the first question is, do you know that there's a whole bunch of stuff out there for free already that you can get access to? So I bet uh, do you convert there is probably close to a thousand articles around digital marketing and online sales that have been written over the last 10 years. There's hours and hours of video content. There's podcast content. There's white papers. There's all kinds. Now, certainly then if if the answer is no, I didn't know that, now you do. If the answer is yes, I do, but I don't want to have to look, just tell me the good stuff, then that's when my brain starts changing a little bit. And it's like, well, why don't we want to put in any of the work here? Like, I think there's a difference between asking for, you know, my, my youngest son is, is learning how to ride his bike. He does pretty well without training wheels. But if, if we're going up a hill, he needs a little boost, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We, get the, we get that concept completely. Happy to give anyone a boost. Happy mm-hmm. to give every, anyone feedback on a specific tactical question, as long as we know the context of, of what you're in. All that's perfectly okay. But this idea of, can you just tell me everything I need to know? I would just encourage you not to do that for many reasons. One is that it, it makes you look like you don't care enough to figure out the answer yourself. And the second is whatever answer you do get, which everyone's willing to give you an opinion or an idea, not necessarily going to be the best idea or response when someone's willing to do that. Now, again, there's, there's always things to break the rule here. And certainly we encourage everyone helping everyone else. But I go back to the post that I made in February now, which I'll never forget making because it's one of the few times in my life I was right. I was like, everyone's killing it. And here's the problem is you're all listening to what everyone else is doing. And it's because the market is so good that any, any idea will work. True. And that's the danger. Now we're in this different place, which I think is potentially more dangerous. Hey, my life is upside down. I'm not sure what to do. Help. And then some 
rando gives you their perspective <laughs> of what is working for them when what is going to work in any market for any builder and even at the community level will be different right mm -hmm. now. And Something wanna... that will work great for one community for the same building company and another community two minutes down the road, it may not work well. Wanna... I just think it's dangerous now more than ever when every sale means so much to just take the advice from anyone and kind of this, this idea of there's just, there's actually been more noise created than helpful answers in a lot of cases. And you kind of want your, whatever message you're putting out there to be authentic to you. So, because mm -hmm. each community is going to be different for even within your company that you might have to have a more, everything's going to be, need to be authentic, but it may also need to be different based on different areas. Yeah, I'll go backwards. This reminded me of just like how I've, I've taught myself things and learned. And I feel like there's, to me, there's lots of joy and pleasure chemicals in my brain when I'm <laughs> curious and learning and attempting to solve a problem. Yeah. Like it's like, mm -hmm. that's, that, that's enjoyable. Like if you don't have yeah. that, that's, to mm -hmm. me, that feels like not saying these people are the wrong people for that position. But, but like if, if someone is just like, Hey, give me the answer they're probably not going to be excelling at whatever they are in charge of. You certainly um, probably will have a hard time describing it to your boss when they ask you, yeah. now, why should we do that again? Yeah, you kind of need to go through, like, you need to bounce off the bumpers if you're bowling and you're three years mm -hmm. old. You're like, you need to mm -hmm. figure that out on your own. And eventually, I think you get to the last, Kevin, I think this is your phrase, of still the last 5%, the last whatever percent. That's when you get that from other people who ideally are the people who that you should get that input from not not yeah. not a rando yeah. but you got there on your own most most of the way there well and and that's also and may, maybe this is why i feel so strongly against it is even if the one percent lucky star situation occurs and the advice that you get is exactly what you needed and gets you the results you want you now are more dependent on other people in the future too and yeah. again, not that that's a bad thing, but if you haven't learned the individual lessons in between each step, when things shift again, and heck, there are even people we work with who we worked with for a long time, who most, the vast majority of our builder partners are not like, oh my gosh, what's happening? They're not freaking out. They're very, you know, the online sales program was built for this. The digital marketing approaches were built for the situation we're in. Mm -hmm. But then there's others who you can tell were just kind of listening or not fully applying the lessons. And they're like, oh my gosh, what? Because I don't understand the in between steps. And so then mm -hmm. when you're looking at data, you, you'll always be behind the curve. You'll always be playing catch up. You'll always be the person posting, hey, we need to totally change everything. Who's got the solution for me? Yeah. <laughs> Send them to me, please. You got to teach yourself yeah. to fish instead of buying fish right. at the market. Man, exactly. I love it. Good time. <laughs> and I give, I, I mean, Marty Gillespie, if you, are listening to this, I have no idea. Well, I do know because I've texted him a couple of times over the last six months, but <laughs> you're a crazy guy. You always were. And there, you had a lot of things that were, that were messed up about you. If he's listening, he's laughing right now. But one of the, I give, I give him credit for a lot of the things that I did learn from him. And one of those was as a young person, 2007 in the business, if I came to him and the idea was based off of what another builder was doing or copying what another builder was doing, Oh, he hated that. He's, I mean, I won't curse on the program, but he like, why the blank do I care 
what another dumb home builder is doing right now. I want to do what they're not doing. Hey, let's go look at the high-end hotel businesses. Let's go look at high-end whatever. It was like, I really don't want to be like other builders. And, you know, Brian McCarthy, who we had on the podcast, is the same kind of leader at Abrazo with his business partner, Mackenzie. I, I don't care. I want to do what's right for me. And I know myself well enough. I know my business well enough. I know my customers well enough that we can we can move forward in a better and different direction. Anyway, that story time turned into some form of soapbox instead. But no, that's fine. <laughs> just if you're going to ask a question, make it as specific as possible. Yeah. And that way people have at least a chance of, of giving you the boost in the right direction. Mm. Yes. Yep. Whereas if you ask a general question, you're going to get a general answer. And it won't be good enough to make your company great. That's maybe. There's so many variables. There's no way it could be the the being the end all answer. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Okay. Moving on to the news. Just go to the Market Proof Marketing Facebook group or LinkedIn group if you want to see updated information in terms of our aggregated data. For home builders, we're not going to do that on this for a while because it just changes too fast. There's too much moving. As of the recording of this episode, Thursday, April 2nd, things are kind of holding steady in terms of traffic, but just go to the Facebook group, go to LinkedIn group, and it'll be a better place for you to, to keep up to date with that there. Okay, first news article from CNBC.com. Virtual robot and solo home touring soar as social distancing hits the housing market amid coronavirus fears. Zillow, a home listing site, that's funny that they have to clarify who <laughs> Zillow is. <laughs> she forgot. Said it saw a 191% increase in the creation of 3D home tours in one week compared with the average number created in February. Wow. Rently, who we just talked about on our episode with Holly from CBH, they use Rently as their on-demand access solution with door locks to get access to homes said that their digital lock boxes that allow individuals to tour empty homes on all on their own demand is soaring and they're flying off the shelves. And so we talk about an article like this where, you know, Redfin saw 494% increase in requests for agent led video home tours two weeks ago. And at the beginning of the week, 18.9% of tour requests from Redfin were video chat tours up from 0.2% at the beginning <laughs> of March. <laughs> okay it's a big so, difference yeah yeah everyone's everyone's rushing everyone's trying to get the same pieces of content different processes in place procedures to do it and yet when you look at the numbers behind the numbers and this is uh we don't have a link to this but doing some some sleuthing around the interwebs uh <laughs> zillow's self-reported visitor traffic drop I believe this is month over month or week over week. I'm not certain. It was 30%. An unnamed US portal, which my hunch is that's realtor.com. This is just my hunch. I don't know for sure. 25%. And their lead drops were basically in line with their traffic drops. And so the existing home market is really not in a great shape. And a lot of it is because agents have kind of taken themselves out of the market. I was talking to someone on a builder partner call. Was, I think it was their own house. And the realtor that they were going to list with said, you know what, I've just, I've just decided to take the next two months off. So you're going to have to find someone else to list the home. Oh, okay. In New York City, this was in the Midwest. And in New York City, the number of listings has dropped by 85%. Wow. Number of homes 
on the market for sale. So it's interesting when we talk about all these virtual tours and and what's happening. I think the main main thing is this is all great. And when we talk about short-term solutions being necessary, and then the best long-term solutions still need to be worked on, I think a lot of what is being learned and put in place right now will serve dividends way beyond the current issues we're in. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm also not certain that for everyone implementing these things is going to be enough to save them or to, it's certainly not going to offset it. So if you don't have Rently or you don't have a 3D home tour and you get one, does that mean you now are going to keep your current sales pace for the rest of the year? No, it's not. So I think we just have to keep in mind, why are we doing all this? We're doing all this because we should have done it anyway. I heard someone say, yep. there's been more innovation in the last four, four weeks than in the last 10 years. In a lot of, a lot of places. It's crazy. Yeah. And so that's all good. But I think some people are setting them up for dis- themselves up for disappointment because they're expecting this to be the panacea that solves all problems. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's just the best thing that you should be doing anyway. I think it's, it'll be interesting what sticks around, say, a year from now. Yeah. When hopefully mm-hmm. this is like we're in the clear with, with at least the, the health side of this thing. I think unattended access will be the one that sticks and the, Virtual tours will be, people will be more aware that that's an option, but I don't think that's preferred by any stretch if you could go see it, if you're able to see it on site in real person a year from now or a virtual tour. I think you always opt for that. But and unattended, I think that'll be sticking around. It's interesting how many builders we are hearing from that are like, hey, we got this set up. They're coming in this week, next week, whatever it is. We're like, oh, cool. This is great. I think virtual tours has a good place for reload buyers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the guided tours, as Abrazo is calling them, which I kind of like anything that doesn't use the word virtual because virtual still has a stigma. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what that is. And I don't really know if I want that. Maybe it's like, what does that even mean? Like virtual? Mm -hmm. It's like available. Like is virtual? Is it like, what what is that? Like to a lot of people, virtual still like, am I going to have to strap on some kind of headset? Yeah. Because I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because that you have to turn your head, which is super annoying. Like, I don't want that. Just want to. Flick the screener around. I actually think it will it'll get salespeople involved in the process overall sooner. I wish I could draw a graph. Maybe I should for the show notes. But if you imagine this, let's just for for the sake of I know this is not the exact number. Let's just say people shop for around a year from the idea from the first idea of we we may need to make a change Mm -hmm. to the time they purchase. Let's just call it a year because that's a nice round number for me. I think where currently so much of the customer research, fact-finding, and marketing communication are happening over those first eight to nine months mm-hmm. without involvement from a salesperson online or on-site. I think that's what will change. Because I agree with you, Andrew, people will still want to go see stuff in person. Mm-hmm. But if in month six, instead of just being silent behind the screen and continuing to look, you could start easily doing guided virtual tours or going through more Matterport tours, sharing a screen with someone else using Zoom, those kind of things. I think a lot of people at nine o'clock at night at their home will totally be up for, because it'll just still be the best way to get the most amount of content, the quickest. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Or even something like, say on a home, say I had like 20 quick moving homes available in Tampa or whatever city, someone who's six months out, they could be like, oh, there's no tour made for this. It'd be some type of option that is in between a sales appointment where it's like request a guided tour 
but maybe not necessarily live with a salesperson. It could be some type of in-between and the salesperson's like, oh, okay, I got to make a two-minute video really quick or three-minute, four-minute going through this home just so they're, maybe they're, is that what you're saying? They're more involved in that type of content I think creation there will because be, it's available. I think we'll get customers interacting with us earlier and earlier and to the great frustration of many a salesperson, <laughs> that doesn't mean they're going to convert earlier. I gotcha. think there will be yep. more yeah. hand-holding longer. We'll be nurturing even longer through even more forms. Like if you thought keeping up with people over email, phone, and text was annoying because now you have to add in video emails, well, now you're going to be adding in you know virtual sales calls and virtual tours. And that's where, if we don't learn this lesson, I'm going to be really pissed off. If we go back Cranky to Kevin. Cranky in Kevin. seven months, I'm, I'm serious, I'll be ticked. If seven to 12 months from now, we go back to having a whole bunch of buyers and prospects knocking on our doors and we're saying, oh yeah, there's the Matterport, have at it. Instead of offering to continue to engage in conversations with people. If this isn't proving that humans are more important than any form of automation, I just don't think you will ever learn that lesson. Yeah, we... But you're right. There will be people who say, but they're not converting yet, so I don't need a person. I don't need a person until they're ready to convert. Ooh. And that's, I think, incredibly dangerous to just yeah. say, well, we've, now we've got all these 3D tours, just let them have them. Or even worse, let's gate them so we, they have to become a lead <laughs> yeah. in order to see them. But we don't want to get the people involved until right before they're about to purchase. I think that's just a huge mistake. Yeah, yeah. I think it could be something like, maybe the mindset is, and I, I think it's a mindset a lot of us, I, I hate to sound self-promotional, but like, how can we serve our builders? How can we serve them as far as like, this is the time during the day is for our builders, right? And so mm-hmm. for the salespeople, yeah. like I think if their mindset, the builders is how can I best serve someone who's wanting to purchase a home from us? And then you are willing. It's not even like you're willing. You're like you're wanting to do all these extra steps for them. In your mind, mm-hmm. they're not really extra steps because you're just like, hey, this is what they need. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and do yeah. it. Like this is we're here for you. Like like when you truly mean it, it's your approach. I think would be different. You're like, yeah, well, I'm gonna do twenty of these a day. Maybe not 20, but whatever number would be, it's not a, a, uh, I don't know yeah. what I'm trying to say. It's not like a negative thing that's taking you away, away from work. Like, this is just what yeah, you do. Yeah, it is your work. This it's is what work. you do. Like, this is what you do now. Like, this is a, a way to get more people to, to view what you have to sell. Yeah. It adds to the total buyer experience. So, yes. like, where they could go and do all these tours by themselves and not talk to a person, but you're not really giving them the full experience of buying a home with you, what it's like to work with you. So if they're kind of left to their own devices until they're ready, like ready to buy, then, you know, you're kind of setting the stage for maybe your customer service isn't that great. But if you, if you're managing the process from the beginning and interacting and making sure they're really understand how to use the tools, and answering questions that they'll have, then you're reinforcing that customer service is important to you. Yeah, I think it's been said, I think this is a Nikki Joy quote that Mike Lyon uses a lot, that follow-up is your first customer service test. Yeah, I think that's shifting. I don't want to be sacrilegious here, but I, I think that's shifting to availability is actually your first, like you shouldn't have to follow up with anybody. That's my point. If we can't staff to the point where follow-up is rarely needed 
in that initial request. That's what I'm talking about. Don't, mm-hmm. don't misunderstand me. Mm-hmm. You need to follow up with people. We need follow up forever. But are you available at the, that, that's the lesson we should be learning from Uber, Uber and everyone else is on demand availability yeah. of human beings is critical for long term success. Perfect. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, Period. I never know. You... Sink in. <laughs> no, I was like, okay, okay. I guess it's just like, yeah, we, we want to, but, but it's, it's and, and here, okay, this is so great that you guys get me charged up. Mm, love <laughs> it. And your coffee. You got a coffee going. So 2000, 2009, we had hired Mike Lyon to work with Heartland Homes and our online sales program because I think you're one, Sarah Williams, she did awesome. We gave her Excel Outlook and Mike Lyon's book and I think we sold like 12. She she would know the right exact numbers, but 12 or 14 up, something. And we we're like, this is awesome. We're amazing at this. And then we tried <laughs> harder the next year and we got to like 20. And then when we hired Mike and, and one of the things we talked through was putting model home hours on the website. And he's like, I don't think you should do that. And I don't think you should give the phones directly to the salesperson, have the online salesperson take those. And at first there was trepidation. We did our research. We shopped every, everyone. We said, yep, no problem. We'll move the, the numbers over to the OSCs because the on-site salespeople don't return phone calls or answer them regularly enough. Mm-hmm. That's a no-brainer. And on the hours at first, ownership, Marty and Scott were saying, no, we, we want to keep model hours open. And then I sat in a model home one day and I heard the assistant say, you know, I'm not sure why this community is more than another community where we build the same floor plan, probably because the builder just wants to make more money. Oh, that, that was not the right answer. The <sighs> right answer, answer was school districts, uh, cost of land, all these other things, taxes, all, all those stuff that go into how pricing gets determined between different communities that offer the same floor plans. But I heard that conversation and that was when it sank into me that the best experience for our customers is not talking to a sales assistant. The best experience yeah. for our customers is talking to someone who is truly educated and able to take them as far along in the process as they want. Even the best sales assistant that we had could maybe start the paperwork, but they didn't finish the paperwork. And so once, once I had that idea in my mind, combined with Mike saying, you don't need to do that, I mean, it was 2009. We took our model homes were only open. They were open anytime by appointment and open house hours were Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. Anytime by appointment, Saturday and Sunday, 12 to 5. And that was, again, Hmm. a long, long time ago. And really the only difference between right now when most people have to do it by appointment only or virtually was that if someone did show up at 3 o'clock on Tuesday, they could still get in because the salespeople worked normal hours. Gotcha. But we encourage that appointment process. And that's why our online salespeople were responsible for 70% of our sales, but also had talked to and interacted with 90% of our buyers. And that was so long ago. And, and it provided the best experience to our customers. We were able to save costs because we didn't need to, to keep models staffed in the same way with the same number of human beings. Everything about it was better. And then it hit me a couple of days ago when I was, when I was watching, I think Mike's webinar about this is, yeah, like this by appointment only is still, it's, it's actually the best customer service that we can provide them is getting them in front of the right person at the right time. Yeah. I feel like we could keep going on this. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could, you could get me going. Get you going. Sure. Yeah. That, um, yeah. Let's switch to the last news piece we have, and we've got a question of the week, and then we'll we'll hop out of here since we're. I saw another article that said podcasting listening time is actually dropping right now because 
people aren't commuting as much as the theory. They're not really sure why, but the podcasts are not being listened to as much. So I believe it. We don't watch. We, we know you're going to keep listening to us before anyone else, but we don't want to hurt all those other podcasts. So we don't want to get any of these episodes <laughs> to be as long. Yeah. Since we're doing twice two, two a week, we don't need them to be yeah. an hour long each time. So from marketingland.com, pro tip, it's time to evaluate your MarTech budget Ooh. is the headline. Ooh. During the crisis, it's important to make hard decisions about what tools are essential and what are not. Now, in this case, they're talking about tools and platforms, right? Things like CRM or that whiz bang thing that made you 10% more efficient at some part of your job. We would say, of course, that CRM is essential tech. Yeah. (laughs) But it's just talking about uh, tools that have low ROI, platforms that only a few of of the team members actually use on an ongoing basis. And BombBomb even may be an example of that. If you're paying for everyone in the company to use BombBomb, but you can't hold your team accountable to use it on a regular basis and you audit the platform and lo and behold, only one of your 10 salespeople is using it and they're only using it once a week, then you've got a decision to make. You either need to cut it or you need to you know, be con- have conviction and say, we're going to do this and make sure they do it. Mm-hmm. But what this article really brought up to my mind was just another example of why a $7,000 chatbot is an example of a, <laughs> of a tool you need to kill. Woo. Yes. It's a bit. I mean, we, we saw an email from someone today, Andrew, that, uh, and Becca, since, since all three of us, that they're able to find a, a fantastic chat tool that will integrate with the CRM, check for duplicates before entering it into the CRM, and the grand total was going to be 40 bucks a month. <laughs> Crazy. Which, which is, so I think a lot of these tools, if you look outside our industry, you get much better insight, I think, on things yeah. like that, because they're not, there's not the huge revenue of a builder tied to I, it, right? Which is why it makes me, well, well be, or, or I, what makes me, what gets me worked up is I just think people are taking advantage of builders who don't know better. Yeah. Well, yeah. either way. that combined with like, if you're like, Hey, I'm selling this to an e-commerce company and they have 2 million in revenue versus yeah. a home builder with 20, 40, 200, whatever uh-huh. it is. You can't price things the same or if there's, I don't know, it's, it's just where like, these things aren't that expensive. Just have to look for them and, and know what know what you want, I guess, versus it goes back to the first question, like where, you, hey, what's the best thing? And you just take the first answer you get versus going down your own path and figuring out the different tools out there and then figuring out the best MarTech to use um, once you self-educate enough. Right, yeah. exactly. So, you know, make sure that it's not just your ad spend, it's all those neat little tools. You know, do do you really need to schedule your social media posts two months in advance anymore? Probably not. Probably shouldn't because you're more likely to post something that has no relevance to what's going on in the today. Anyways, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not just ad spend. It's also the tools that you're using and the platforms you're using. We even had somebody recently, and this is not DYC approved, but... We, we're always looking for the, for the next best solution. Someone who, who believes they found a better call tracking tool than CallRail because it allows for text messaging integration uh, and integration with, with many CRM platforms. And I'm mm. like, you know what? Try One is cheaper. Seems like it offers most of what you want. And, and the texting headache was just enormous for the size of this organization. That's great. You, know, you always need to be looking for better, yeah. better results for, for lower costs, without a doubt. For sure. Yeah. 
All right, that'll do it for the news. Let's hop over to our Facebook question of the week. And this is actually probably going to be extended story time too, because <laughs> I promise this is the only time I've ever done this. Actually, no, there's one that we never even went back to. A couple months oh, ago, man. I asked those of you in the, in the Facebook group, if you use carousel ads on, on Facebook and Instagram, please tell me why. Remember me posting that one, Andrew, a while ago? I feel like I remember carousel yeah. because I'm like flashbacks of 2000. 16 and 15. I'm like, that's a weird word. Yeah. I even talked to another builder who we don't work with. They were just, they reached out to ask a couple questions. And they're like, my owner just loves carousel because of the engagement. You know, it's just so great. You can swipe over through the pictures and it's like, yeah, okay. Like, that's I cute. Mean, let's, let's try to, <laughs> right. Okay. Boomer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mike came up with a new one too, that the current phrase should be okay. Zoomer. Zoomer. Oh. You know, all these people who have no idea what they're doing on Zoom. It's like, okay, Zoomer. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. But, okay, here it is. So let's do this one first. This is back from February. If you run carousel ads on social, I would love to know why. Majority said, I don't use them. Congratulations to you. Good. Yeah. One person said they perform better, and I question your data. I'm not trying to be mean. I just question. I question whether you really know that they do work better, or maybe you haven't tried other things. And then the other one that someone did, did choose, and I think a lot of it has to do with this, is that they are connected to a third-party tool that I use to make the ads for social media. Hmm. That's huh. why this last article reminded me of that is a lot of carousel ads out there that are created and used today is still because the agency that's running them is using some tool to try to make themselves more efficient or to have more access to, to editing more things in a single platform. And it's limiting your creative ability to, to get better results. So hmm. it's worth asking the question, why are we doing carousel ads? Because those simply do not perform better in any metric or test that I've seen. Yeah. We don't talk a lot about absolutes, but that just would not be something other than perhaps a remarketing use. For remarketing, maybe. Getting new leads or new traffic to the site, no. Nah. Okay, let's flash forward to current question of the week, which this one was that one was kind of a trick question this one is a complete trick question i promise <laughs> i won't do this again to you for a long time it's sneaky <laughs> the question was why do you think digital ad impressions on facebook and, and instagram have increased by as much as 50 percent for the same amount invested over the past couple of weeks so again to set the table you're getting up to 50 percent more ad deliveries of your content to consumers than you were at the beginning of March right now on mm. Facebook and Instagram. And my question is, why do you think this is? And the reason I'm asking this question before I make anyone feel bad is because I've also asked this question to every one of the builders, you know, five to six a day that I, that I talk to on our coaching calls and only one today, right before we got <laughs> on, <laughs> someone got the right answer. And, but everyone else said the same thing that you guys have in mass. So the vast majority, let's just call it 90%, answered because people are spending more time at home now than they were before. A small handful also chose that social media is the best way to stay connected today. No one, as of this recording, has chosen that companies are cutting their ad spend dramatically or any other option. And I think this is a really interesting one if you're hanging with us at this point in the podcast to really spend a little bit more time talking through, because it's a great example of why we can do, do the wrong things with the right ideas. Yeah. 
So when I've asked this question on the coaching call, I say, this is the only pop quiz of the call today. I promise. Well, why do you think this is happening? And they all, all except for one, Kelly Thomas from Park Square Homes got the right answer today. Nice. Yeah. They say, Good job, Kelly. because people are spending more time at home than they have before. And so that, that means there's more ads that can be delivered. And that is correct. And yet it would also be wrong. Yes. So it's true. Facebook and Instagram have seen usage, the likes of which they haven't ever seen before. Somewhere, someone quoted Mark Zuckerberg as saying, basically, he's just trying to keep the lights on. He's trying to keep the servers working. It's stressing the system so poorly that a lot of times things are slow to load. I was trying to watch Mike and Jen's Facebook Live. It was fine on their end, but on my end, it was stuttering like every 10 seconds. The chat seemed to be off timing. It wasn't their fault. It was Facebook's because the usage is so heavy right now because people are stuck at home and mm-hmm. they do like to stay connected and not work. So absolutely true. And yet if that were true and you're using the AI system that you should be using with Facebook and Instagram, that would mean that if Becca was the ideal customer for me, the builder, and Becca went from spending a half hour a day on Facebook to spending an hour and a half, the AI should still be targeting Becca. And that would mean that the ad impressions would go up. But Becca, instead of seeing one or two ads in a a day, should see three, four, five. The frequency of the advertising to the best people should be where things are going up. And when you look in your data, for 95% of you, what you're going to find is that your impressions are way up and your frequency is either basically the same or slightly lower. And that's why I think the answer is, is actually not what people think it is. Because what you'll find is that the reach is what is increasing. And that means that essentially the AI cannot find enough good people to show the ad to who are highly qualified. Shocker, there's fewer people looking for a home today than there Mm -hmm. were two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And so it is expanding its reach, the number of people that it is going to target ads with more and more and more. Because at the end of the day, rule number one is, we talked about this a week ago, I think, on the podcast. Rule number one is spend all the money. Spend all the money. Yep. So if it can't increase the frequency to the right people enough, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so if your impressions are up, but your frequency is flat, the next step here, this is rather prescriptive for a podcast, I apologize. The next step is check the amount of link clicks that you're getting back to your site. And if your impressions are up by 40%, but your link clicks are down by 30, that's a sign to cut. If your link clicks are up, but your costs are up, that's also a question of maybe we should cut. Yeah. So your cost per click should be going down. Your volume of clicks should be going up. And, and still, even at that point, guys, pop quiz for you two, Ooh. what's the one thing we still have to go back and check? Everything on Facebook looks good. We still have to go to, to another platform and check mm-hmm. the data there. Uh, quality of traffic, so bounce rate, yeah. pages, leads. Yep. You've got to go back to Google Analytics and see if the traffic from those. And so this is why I, I've been painted as somewhat of a Dr. Doom figure by some people for saying <laughs> that you should cut back on your ad spend. I don't get it. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it because I still think you should. Yeah. If you're not getting more for your money, that's not getting more. And, and so the other way to think about it is if ad impressions are up 45%, you could cut 15% of that and still be a okay and invest that in, in content. Again, 
Some people are just saying, you just got to spend whatever it takes in content. And the reality is there's a finite amount of money. So you can't just spend whatever it takes all the time everywhere. It's true. You got you to pick and choose. Where, so, yeah. so get rid of this $1,000 chat bot. <laughs> Stop overspending on Facebook and Instagram if, if the prescriptive method I went through with you isn't working and get more content created. Because that emotional level required for someone to become a lead today is higher and it's only going to get higher. And the best way to get them excited emotionally is with better and better content. So sorry, no one wins a prize this week. <laughs> that question of the week. But I think it's really good. And, you, and again, I, I think it, it, I'm glad really that a lot of that no one really got it right because you shouldn't feel bad about getting it wrong. It's, it's not wrong in that inherently we, we kind of know that's, that's true. People are spending more time at home and that's it doesn't, doesn't inform what a marketer should really be looking at. Yeah. It's like, I feel like it was a standardized uh, testing question. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's almost right. But then there's one yeah, that it is, more right. correct. Yeah. It is right. It's not the best answer. It's, it's a, not, and yeah, then. choose the best answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. Metric. We've seen some that are really traumatic. Oh, some that yeah. like they've had just, it's nothing needs to be changed. And somewhere it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, we could drop yeah. 30, 40%. And those ones that don't need to be changed again for full context, for now. they don't need to be spending any less. Unless holistically there's other issues with a company or the market they serve where they need to preserve capital or they're being asked to cut their budget, then even if everything's still working well, you should be maintaining budget on content. However, that scenario where nothing needs to be changed, that that's the best scenario where you are stealing market share. There's still yeah. enough qualified people for the AI to find and other people have stopped advertising or ads are simply getting less expensive as, oh, I don't know, the entire travel industry, auto industry university industry and the list goes on of people who simply are not advertising yeah anything in person yeah i, I don't know yeah. if we i know we haven't formally collected data on that i wonder if it's it's i just know that like the example for today was a state that it, the state has not really been affected as much as other states by it going on i, I don't know if we've seen that trend or yeah, if this is a builder in tennessee that you're talking about where correct. everything yeah. was just like yeah you should keep right on chugging yeah. as and long like, as you can. We sold X amount of homes last weekend. Like right. everything's still yeah. great. We're like, this is so interesting. Like just the well, that goes back to what I was saying is even that builder probably in two to three weeks from now needs to stop looking at their company as a whole or even a sub market and say, by community, should we continue to promote this one or do, do we need to pull back? Uh, yeah. It really, mm -hmm. it really needs to be at the community level that the analysis is made as we get further and further into this. For sure. Last kind of quasi story time to wrap us up. <laughs> I was talking to another builder who had a project, multifamily, uh, at an amazing price point in an amazing location. They have 1,500 people on the VIP list, and that community mm. is going to be just fine. They can do a completely virtual pre sale process. The demand is high. They keep getting new leads. People are asking when it's coming. Everyone's excited. It's at an unheard of low price point for what they're offering. Situation normal here. Right, we're just and was it, keep moving was on. it planned that way or did they change it because of this? No, it was planned that way. Okay. It was, right? that's yeah. always been the plan is that price. They always that knew this one was going to be a home gotcha. run. Okay. And not every project is like that, certainly, but just not too far away, they're going to be rolling out another project that's at a much double the price point of this other one. And it's also targeting a different buyer profile who is, and, and it's just not moving. And that's where, again, the general question of how do I fix all this? It's not a general answer. There yeah. is one process that you need to do and be thinking about for that community that still has high demand and high interest and a completely different one for the one that has 
almost none or very little demand and interest. So get, get focused at the community level. Don't just log into your CRM and say, oh, look at all the leads. This is awesome. Lead volume's not that bad. Oh, three quarters of them are for a coming soon community that we're not going to make any revenue on for nine months. Yeah. I promise you, your owner doesn't want you to look at that the same way <laughs> as leads coming in for homes that can be sold and closed in the next two to three months. All right. Let's wrap up with the craziest or funniest meme that you've seen. Oh, man. And let's be careful here and be sensitive because it's now is not a fun, happy time for everyone. I totally get it. And I'm actually working on some things to help out um, people who are running into issues. More to come on that. But yeah. uh, mine, to you give you guys first. some time okay. here, was something I saw on Twitter that said the biggest source of innovation for my company is, and it was a multiple choice poll. And option number one was the CEO. Option number two was the CMO. And option number three was C19. Oh, the biggest source of innovation man. for my company. I, it shouldn't have been Love that it. way, but it's here and, and it's driving innovation. I'm weird. I'm going to get personal. This is a weird. So I have, you know, my, my off time was usually making memes. It would be like, I'd feel inspired, <laughs> oh, yeah. but, but for some reason, and this isn't like, no one needs to like be worried about Andrew, but I'm like, I just, I can't make them like mentally right now for whatever reason. So, but I still find much humor in them, but they're all like the Tiger King memes. Yes. Like all those are hilarious. One, because I'm like half an hour from Carol and Tampa. So there's a lot of like weird Tampa ones where like, okay, Carol, you're walking down Nebraska Avenue at whatever time of night, which would mean she's a, you know, she's working at night (laughs) on the street, (laughs) whatever. You could draw the conclusion on that one. You just don't go on that street at night anyways. And so all those are just hilarious to me. But other ones, I'm like, I just haven't been inspired to make any which is <laughs> in a couple months i'll or probably next week or something i'll feel well but let's those talk are so about funny. A- a- april fools just happened and i want to say oh lord c- yeah. good oh. job to most of you for avoiding that completely good job yes most 100 percent 100 and launching any campaign on april 1st i think we've we've all talked about this offline we're in agreement that was a bad idea because we weren't sure even if you did something that was somewhat interesting is I got a lot of people about one campaign in particular who were just like, are they serious? Are they not? Is I really fair? can't tell. <laughs> I mean, you, you could, you could wait until April 2nd. Trust me. You could have waited. Yeah. Becca, did you have yeah. one? Anything interesting or, or um, humorous you've seen out there? They're humorous, but they may only be humorous to horse people. Uh, <laughs> oh, go ahead i'll I'll mute myself and go do something else for a while tell me when i should come back i'm just kidding (laughs) i hate horses fyi if you didn't know that i hate about ponies it's about social distance Uh, ponies are better they're they're less likely to i don't think a pony can kill you with one kick to the face no not the little ones not the little ones they're the mini horses yeah minis so it's about social distancing and it's you know horse people generally don't like normal people (laughs) anyway they're definitely not normal yeah. It's reciprocal. Except yes. for you, Becca. I like you. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a diagram of a horse and they're like, well, you must stay one horse away from other people. And there are people on the other side <laughs> or two ponies. And then there's two tiny little ponies in, in between. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Which Arnold and his, he has, is it a donkey yes. and a mini horse? Hilarious. Yeah, like he is. Donkey, yeah. 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 He is like a, a character like he's real life but like his whole life has been like you're like your life is a movie like this makes no yeah. sense like yeah but yeah it's yeah i probably, didn't enjoy but, yeah, watching him feed salad good. to his many animals that are I in know, the house. i know 
in the house and everything. <laughs> I'm like, he's how great. dirty does that get? Yeah, I don't want to know. Be honest. He, he has someone to clean it up, so he's he's not he's not worried. Although he probably <laughs> does clean it up, knowing him. Yeah. Okay, well, that'll do it for this week. <laughs> for the most up-to-date information and resources on adjusting market conditions, visit the Market Proof Marketing Group on Facebook or LinkedIn. You can also call in with your questions on this episode or any other questions, comments, brilliant statements at 404-369-2595 or email them to show at doconvert.com. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doyouconvert.com. Wow, this outro is getting longer than the intro. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, (laughs) Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else that we are online. We'll see you in a couple days. See you. Bye.